Hello and welcome everyone to the uh, Fuji podcast. This one is about uh, Java profiling and performance. Welcome to the Fuji podcast, all your news about OpenJDK. With us today, we have some uh, key people in the Java performance engineering space. Let's see what we will geek out into today and talk about. I've, I figure that it's a pretty natural flow from, from our very famous speakers here. After they've introduced themselves, we'll sort of have a natural progression, uh, but also have some questions to ask. So, so my name is Marcus Lagergren, and I am a Java champion and, and have been involved with uh, almost all aspects of, of uh, J- the Java language since, uh, well, 98, I would say. I was a user for 96 to 97, and then we got into JVM land. Um, but I've also worked in the Java language team at Oracle, uh, mostly on the Java 8 release, which was a very interesting project. And I tend to uh, end up in, in uh, professional situations where my knowledge of the full vertical um, all the way down from the language in the app through the basement floor to many. That, that is the JVM, uh, where you can't know anything what's below. Uh, my virtual continues down to, to silicon, to ones and zeros. And while that's not like a skill you need for high-level programming, uh, an observation I made throughout the years, it makes you a significantly better high-level programmer if, if you do have this vertical. I'm not saying that 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 you're... You should write native calls or think about exactly how to run fast on a particular platform or so on when you write your code. But I'm very convinced, and there's probably science somewhere on this too, that if you know what the box does uh, to your high-level code, you will write better high-level code. It will, it will, it will slick, it will be readable, it will use the high-level language constructs, and uh it won't have anything that like doesn't have to be there, short and clean, basically. So, uh, when someone comes to me and uh, and and basically has a background, the even if the background is, I was hacking demos on the Amiga in in in, in the nineties for my own pleasure in my parents' basement. I know that there is vertical knowledge here, and that's actually something that counts as a plus towards hiring people uh, in, in, in even in the high level space for me uh, because I know that they can very quickly pick up fundamental things about performance and scalability uh, on the high level um, through their understanding of having been poking at the ones and zeros and at some time uh, and apply it uh, and and this sounds like a little bit far-fetched, but I'm pretty sure I'm not making this up or, or falling for my own biases here. So our first speaker today uh, is Chris Newland. Uh, do you want to uh, introduce yourself, Chris? Yeah, I'm Chris Newland. I've been uh, involved in programming Java um, pretty much since leaving university in 99, um, so way back in the, the Java 1 days. And for the last 19 years, I've been involved in the market data industry, so um, processing stock market data in real time, which is a pretty single-threaded, um, straight-line speed kind of place to be and has as, as, um, presented some really interesting challenges um, in terms of dealing with um, uh, the big feeds um, and, and growing growing data volumes and how to how to keep up in, in real time and also be able to do interesting things with that um, very fast stream of data. 
I'm also involved in open source, uh, so I've created a few tools um, for my own learning um, and also to, to to help others. One of those is um, called JitWatch, uh, which is something that I had the idea for uh, back in 2013 when I first went to um, Heinz's JCrete conference. Um, thought I'd better um, bring something along to to talk about, um, and that has. Uh, uh, that, that's a tool that lets you look at the uh, decisions that the JVM's uh, just-in-time compilation system made when it tried to um, optimize your program. Um, I've also made a few other tools like um, Jacqueline, uh, which is a tool for analyzing um, JVM command lines uh, to help you get out of command line from hell um, situations. Um, and uh, that's based on a, another project called uh, VM Options Explorer which uh, is uh, a, an interactive dictionary of all the thousands of different uh, tuning parameters that you can give to the JVM. You should also mention your um, extremely important book um, that you've written in this space. I think the last uh, uh, edition came out in 2018 with, with um, Evans and a few others. That's right. Yes, I was one of the authors on uh, the O'Reilly title, Optimizing Java with, with, with Ben Evans and James Goff. This book is, is really the first of its kind where you go all the way down to like internal nuts and bolts of Java performance, uh, and it explains the inner workings of, of modern Java very well. Uh, Marcus Hurt and I, who's as later today, by the way, we did, we did like a, a, a book on VMs in general, the JRocket VM in particular in 2010, and people have really been wanting something with VM internals like on a more general path. And and I would say this this is an indispensable book to own if if you're in the Java performance space. I would recommend you to buy it. It's called it's called optimizing Java, right? That's right. Yeah. And and it covers all aspects of the runtime, just code generation, but memory management and and actually goes into modern GCs. So I would say even with like Java 20 out and the, the changes it's introduced, this is a very relevant and applicable book. And uh I actually own this book um, on Dead Tree's uh, physical paper copy because, I mean, that's a rare honor these days that I bestow only on books that, that I think are very important uh, for, for what I do professionally, what we all do professionally. So this is definitely one of them. Thanks, Chris. Uh, and with us, uh, we also have Marcus Hurt, who who, who works now um, in, in engineering management at Datadog still, right? Is that correct, Marcus? Yeah, that's correct. So um, I am the director of engineering for a few different things uh, at Datadog these days. So I'm running the continuous profiling product. I'm also running um, the dynamic instrumentation product, which is not uh, something we will be talking about today, uh, but it's also very interesting. And the client libraries. So the part of the software that is running inside of the customer processes uh, for um, enablement of tracing, for example. And I'm also still the project lead for OpenJDK Mission Control <clears throat> and and uh, a Java champion. Excellent. Yeah. And you've been uh, like you and I pretty much started our uh, Java run team career together um, in 99. So um, I, I've had the pleasure to uh, uh, working with uh, with Marcus for, for, for a lot of years before we dispersed uh, all over the world. <laughs> Yeah, up until four years ago, I was still part of the Java Java platform group, and then then, then I got an offer I couldn't refuse from Datadog. We we will go back to 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 Mission Control and 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 what you did there, and and, and what Oracle did um, in a bit, I suspect. 
But uh, first of all, well, let's let's do the final introduction here uh, I'm with another true industry giant here in the performance in Java space. Uh, well, I'm not that tall. Come on. Joe. Well, I've grown a lot in, in other directions than, than, than upwards. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of hard to get rid of. So uh, anyway, from Crete uh, with us, we have Heinz. So please introduce yourself as well. Yes, I'm Heinz Kabutz. I live on the island of Crete, as Marcus uh, mentioned. My first contact with Java was 1996, I was sitting in, in the lab working on my PhD, and this this fellow student came running in, it was all, all excited, bouncing up and down. You got to see this, you got to see this. And it like pointed me to this website, and it was basically the, I think it was like the, the sorting applet. If you, if you guys remember that it's like doing the the um the bubble sort and the quick sort and you can see the performance difference between all the different algorithms and and i said well you know so what <laughs> and i basically ignored job for quite a while as long as i could um because I was a C++ program and everything, you know, besides, you know, going directly to the hardware was just a waste of time. But then I started working at a company and uh, we were doing some telecom stuff and they, there was a new project that came up and they wanted to use Java. So, but initially it was excruciatingly slow. Um, and don't forget, we, we had like machines, which I don't know, I can't remember the exactly the speed it was like 120 megahertz or something like that with, you know, a really fully spec machine was like 64 megabytes of RAM. So, um, so Java was also very un unoptimized in those days. So it was really, really slow. Um, but then what was really cool about Java is that over the years, people like Marcus and Marcus and <laughs> were making it faster without us doing anything towards it. We basically, we just ran our code and it was twice as fast. So that was really, really interesting. And w what we discovered is that simple code idioms you know, plain coding often resulted in more optimized code. And also sometimes we would, would do some optimizations that made sense 20 years ago, but nowadays they don't make much sense anymore. So I've been involved in the job performance space for, for a while, since 97, I would say, because in the beginning, every single Java programmer was a, was a performance tuning in, a specialist, otherwise he couldn't use it. It was too slow. I also write a newsletter and I run this little conference called JCrete, and I think we're all going to be there. Is that right? We're going to be at JCrete this year, I think. So we'll have some fun. So thanks yeah. for inviting me. I I'm really am very, very honored to be here with these amazing engineers. Yeah, well, thank, thanks for coming here, uh, Heinz. And, and um, I'm, I'm sure um, all of us, our three speakers here, have, have some very interesting topics that I would like to discuss. Starting out here, the reason you mentioned that the Java was slow, and that, that was the reason we got into Java, uh, like, for the first part, because we realized that our customers, uh, we were working consulting jobs, basically, and... Uh, we sort of specialized in Java. We saw it coming on, taking over more and more because people had these very obvious uh, like development um, productivity increases in Java compared to C++ because of memory management and buffer overrun checks. Oh, definitely. And that, well, that's the thing that made it yeah, take long. Sure. Of course, didn't take long before Java apps are getting large and also very generic because Java can be made to express a lot of stuff. Even with the Java 1, in version one APIs, you had reflections and stuff like that. So application servers is something that really 
found new life when, when Java showed up as, as like a potential development platform and running an application server like WebLogic on like the classic VM that didn't even have a JIT, uh, did have a conservative GC at that at the time. It was obviously not something that was future proof. So Sun was quite early, talking about Hotspot being the, the, the next kind of adaptive runtime that would JIT stuff just in time based on profiling data. And it could basically, uh, the entire runtime here could basically be optimized from the rich world data you actually have when you're a runtime and not a static compiler. And, and we realized that this was the correct vision. And then I think we were at Java 1 two years in a row, 97, 98, something very early ones, and realized that Sen has exactly slide by slide the same hotspot uh, presentation as it did last year. Okay, how hard can this be? We have to do it ourselves. Um, so, so that was the kind of hubris that that made us go into like this obsessive Java performance space. And um, it's it's a long journey, but I mean, it's still valid the observations that we made back then that like the potential for optimizing in a runtime compared to a static environment. Some things are worse, some things are better, and it's pretty obvious that you have to guess like make assumptions in the JVM uh, of, of that this code like will never be more complex than this. And in a dynamic runtime, uh, you don't really have a closed world assumption. So, so it, it has a lot of problems. And there was also this space that like DVM is a very competent runtime. It has buffer overruns. It has performance. Yeah, it, it has a platform independent almost bytecode language. So uh, throughout the years, there's been a lot of efforts trying to deploy non-Java languages on the runtime as well, with varied success. It's, it's interesting to see what shaped the uh, history of performance engineering here. Um, I would make the point that there really hadn't been an environment like Java before for implementing this kind of stuff. If you look at the academics behind it, it's basically, it basically goes back to small talk, the concept of theoretically can do a lot of good things in a run sampling runtime environment and that, that you really can't do anywhere else. And, and that 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 really intrigued me and, and was what got, got me into this in the first place. I think it might be a good idea. Uh, we, we all have discussed some, some topics that you want to drill down, some facets that, that apply to performance and scalability and what you do. It could be anything from like you get into a huge customer system and 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 try to help out on a consultant basis or uh, courses that um, a specific need many people have has sort of produced the reason that you hold the scores and how Heinz is very good at this, keeping on top of real world needs and educating people about uh, performance, especially Java performance. We have Marcus, who, who is as like a toolsmith originally and after the uh, initial JVM stuff, because as we know, we get a lot of profiling data for free in a runtime environment without hooking in some kind of uh, like very slow extra profiling layers in the, in the best of all possible worlds. And how we also, these days, as of Java 14 or something, how we can do your own stream flight recorder events for, for, for custom tasks, which to me was very huge. And a couple of software architecture jobs they did in FinTech after, after it showed up. And Chris, of course, um, has really uh, raised awareness of how the JIT 
especially works and also this optimization book i think it's like almost a lifetime achievement award to see something on, on that detail level for for the java platform uh, because a lot of people they 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 don't look below the runtime layer and there we are there's 150 apps uh, of my two last fintech jobs probably running in some microservice cluster and um, this java command lines Every app has a lot of Java command lines. Um, they're not really appropriate for any of them. And there's all these cargo culted XX options and God knows what. And Chris has probably done more than anyone to try to untangle this and, and, and make it s sort of clear to the world how these things work. So um, you want to start, Marcus, because you're, you're first on the notes here. Let's talk a little bit about uh, profiling, perhaps. Products? Yeah, I can talk a little bit about profiling. So I had some really interesting discussions over the past weeks with, with people on my teams. Um, and I noticed that people had very different ideas, even within the profiling team, about what profiling really is, which I thought would be very, very funny. And if you go to Google and just look up the word profiling, you're going to see that, you know, the definition that comes back is going to be the recording and analysis of a person's psychological and behavior characteristics so as to assess and predict their capabilities in a certain sphere or to assist in identifying categories of people which sounds a bit shady but but um i think for the software profiling part it's pretty analogous yeah, yeah. you know i would simply state it as the recording and analysis of a program's runtime behavior um, we're simply trying to understand how the program behaves. We're trying to record data and why it is behaving that way. So we're trying to analyze that data so that we can improve some aspect of the program for something that costs us. And it doesn't need to be money. It's, it is often money, <laughs> but it doesn't have to be money. Any kind of costly resources. It can be CPU. It can be memory. It can be locking primitives. It can be other potentially latency introducing constructs like thread halting operations and so on. So, so my definition of profiling is much wider than you would typically see uh, with, with with people that think about software profiling. Most most people would would think of, yeah, we're we're, we're taking stack traces. And we're taking stack traces at different points in time where we think it matters. Um, so, for example, after has these products and profilers and, and and tools for for like almost any programming language, right? You do C plus plus and, and and things like that as well. Oh, uh, Vtune, yeah, uh, or, or or others, absolutely. Yes. Plus, you can argue that it's, it's it's getting more and more like a runtime the more uh, uh, the new C plus plus standards come out, but. Uh, in order to limit this this discussion to 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 the Java space, I think which is like the mission statement. Jill, let's let, let's talk about when we say applications and stuff. Let's assume we we have things running on the JVM with those characteristics, and 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 um, I mean that's that's more than enough to geek out on far longer than we have. In, in, in <laughs> Very much. Yeah, go ahead. Very much, but but I, I still think it's important because um, what people typically think of profilers is sampling CPU profilers. Uh, you typically, you know, you, you signal a thread to to dump its stack at at an interval um, when you know a certain CPU quanta has been used, um, and then you have some good idea where you're spending the CPU time. But that's not the only profiling that we have in Java, right? We have uh, a really built-in 
very powerful capabilities to do other kinds of profiling as well. So we have a really nice, neat new allocation profiler that was introduced, I think, JDK 15, which Datadog proposed. We have uh, other profiling capabilities. There's also a built-in execution tracer. Um, so what Go people would call execution tracing, um, at least. Um, so JFAR, the, the kind of built-in profiling capability for the JVM, um, is an event recorder. So uh, when certain things that we care about um, typically uh, happen, we can get an event. Now, getting all of those events is super expensive. So we notice some of these limitations at Datadog because we see customers that are using, uh, that have runtime profiles that vary quite a bit uh, from you know, almost single-threaded applications to hyper-threaded applications with thousands of threads running concurrently. And, and some of the limitations became very apparent to us when we sort of had customers running 96 core bare metal machines with, with you know, allocate, allocating like nuts on every core. Um, that built-in allocation profile kind of broke down and we had to do something. But, but I think it's important to note that JFR, um, the built-in profiling capability, actually contains both what people would consider to be a sort of standard sam sampling profiler Though we can geek out on that a, a bit as well, because it's uh, it's not really a CPU profiler. Um, so we can talk more about that later if we want to. But but anyways, but it also contains sort of an execution tracer. So whenever we hold the threads, for example, we can get an event. And we typically don't want all events because it becomes much too expensive and produce too much data. So we can have outliers. We can decide how long we want the event to last for us to record it. Um, we come a long way today from people actually instrumenting and regenerating bytecode, causing highs and bugs, causing overheads whatsoever. And and you've been very close to that development ever ever from the start. So so yeah, getting the data cheaply available, both it's both something that the runtime has there. It's just a matter of bookkeeping and providing it, but also uh, looking at what technology has brought us to do things like virtualization and, and and operating system development the last 20 years is also, I mean, we're in an amazing place to do profiling for performance engineering today. Uh, yeah. And the cool part is, sure, we want to do support performance engineering uh, for many different reasons. We want to support performance engineering for reducing the cost of running a program to make the software run faster better throughput. We want to make it run smoother, so less latency outliers, less stop-the-world interruptions, less variance. Um, I have mechanisms to produce good data because, I mean, a JVM is traditionally, at least on the sun side, a hotspot. Uh, is, uh, well, all JVMs that I know of are safe point based and safe points are not totally representable as as a sampling points and 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 there was still the only sampling points where you could safely uh, collect data from uh, exactly so and that is changing too which is funny uh, that's more of the on the execution side of things and it gets worse worse because if you're trying to implement a basic profiler on the java level you will never see safe points it will be as if god himself stopped the world and the only noticeable difference will be that when it all wakes up again the the wall clock will have <laughs> jumped, and that's the only thing. Asynchronous profiling is one of the breakthroughs here when it comes to actually trusting the data that you get. Because I mean, this is a fairly recent development, right? 
Well, yeah, J um, four has been around for a very long time, and we already uh, always had events for for safe points. So, so it was actually a funny um, thing that happened. Um, so we we kind of have a very opportunistic uh, profiler at Datadog. It uses a lot of different techniques and technologies. One of the techniques is JFR because some of the data that we get from there is things like safe point events. But because the execution sample event in JFR has some limitations, um, we also have our own CPU profiler um, that emits data in JFR format but isn't using JFR. You need both. But uh, another I think interesting development in profiling in general is that um, you don't just use it for, for, for performance engineering anymore. You also use it to aid in diagnostics. And this is really cool, right? If you continuously profile, you can find the unknown unknowns using profiling. Yeah, and, um, and trust the data. That, that, that <laughs> is my point. I mean, these days, yeah. I mean, I'm not sort of industry damaged from from like safe point based profiling in environments where I had nothing else. And I know that uh, the world has been massively led astray because uh, they think they see reliable data, where it's really quite biased due to execution behavior. So this is what I mean by this ties into what I said about the vertical in the beginning. Yes. Sir, I have to understand the difference. Yeah, we've come a long way uh, in, in in profiling. For, to, to to avoid safe pointing um, profilers, for example, that that will only show you or trick you into believing that that the sample point was actually at the safe point where it might not exactly have been. The other thing is the resolution of data and and the abundance of free or near free data. This is also something that could not have been taken for granted during traditional profiling. And you are one of the people who have spent a significant part of your work life and making sure that that we actually we actually can do this um, these days. Yep. So, so but, points. but all profilers will lie to you <laughs> and you have to decide <laughs> in which way you want to be lied to. Well, I mean, we're, we're trying to do our best, uh, of course, um, but um, at some point, so the Heisenberg uh, observer effect is always present, right? You can't observe a system without affecting it. That is simply not possible. So what you're trying to go after is something that has low enough overhead that it won't materially affect the, the shape of your profiling data, because then you will simply be led up the bar, bar you will bark up the wrong tree, right? Yep. So, so you definitely want, don't want that to happen. But you are going to need to do do um, to to make trade-offs, um, yeah. and you probably still have to understand where your data comes from. Like, how is it mined? And, and yeah. Chris and Heinz might, might have a few comments here on on, on what you discussed. Do you think? Yeah, is there anything you'd like to add or elaborate on? With Marcus talking about profiling data. Uh, yeah, you have to always take into consideration that you're being lied to by all the profilers. Um, <laughs> and it's 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 really fun because you you can take one problem and and throw you know five profilers at it and you almost get six different answers. I, I think for profiling, it's it's always useful to to first decide what you're actually looking for before you start looking for it. Because if you just turn on all the switches and say, "Tell me everything about the system," uh, you normally don't, don't don't do very well with it. So. First, having sort of a hypothesis of what of what you're looking for, what the what the causes of your of your particular issue, so that you can you can hook into that and say I'm, I want to know only about 
for example, thread contention. I want to only know about object allocation within a certain area. It makes it much easier than just saying, well, just tell me everything. You also have to take into account in, in, in Java that, that um, the runtime, um, I mean, normally in a static compiled environment, of course, the OS is doing stuff. There might be issues with like libc on your platform. It might do a lot of ring transitions to the kernel, and then that turns out to be a problem. Uh, yeah, it was actually on the floor when we had to uh, do an emergency fix to the Spectrum misprediction bug, where 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 the Linux kernel suddenly was twenty percent slower for our application, and uh, so stuff like that. <laughs> so where things are coming from in in Java, um, garbage collection can be a significant part of your runtime and and other factors, and you really really want to run your program as much as you can, and that's basically. Uh, the the underlying goal of all all Java performance improvements, I guess. Uh, so so Heinz, could, could you tell us a little bit what uh, what what you have seen and what motivates uh, like your customer interest in, in the various courses you held? What do you look for when you get an idea? Okay, this this definitely needs to be an educational segment that you produce and and that that people buy uh, to hear you talk about. Yeah, that's that's an interesting topic because it's you know you have consulting and training and those are very different products altogether. I sort of slipped into the training business by accident. My professor started a training company and he was looking for some sucker to to go and teach Java. It was Bruce Eccles' course at the time, and and I've been teaching Java for over twenty years. And what I've noticed is there are two types of people: there are those that want to learn a lot of things really quickly. And they're those that go very, very deep into a particular topic. So you get people like Marcos uh, Lagergren who goes very, very deep, and then others who who just touch the surface, but they'll they'll learn a whole bunch of things really fast. Um, and almost all of my customers are those that learn quickly. They they don't they often don't even have great books like what Chris Newland wrote. They don't have those books. They 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 just sit there, they listen, but they they absorb very fast, and then they go and apply it to the to the real world. And you need both. You need those people who very dig, dig, very, dig very deep, and those that that are on the surface, but they 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 can cover a very big ground very quickly. You know a little bit about uh, like the software you're you're maintaining or or developing. You you can still get very far with very primitive. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You can get really far with it if, if you just know a bit. Um, so I, I'm I'm a, I'm a bit like uh, Marcus. I don't go as deep, but also want to go very deep into topics. Yeah, the thing is, it's 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 like a whole ecosystem because the cons- the consulting I'll do if a company um, has has issues and want to speed up their system, or they want to solve particular performance bugs, that type of discoveries will then, as Marcus say, push me into direction to say, well, this actually is something which I've seen quite a few times now. We need to put that into a course. But most of the time, what customers will want is for their engineers to be educated so that they don't fall into the same trap over and over again. Sometimes commercial deliveries take precedence, and then you sort of have to have a little bit different approach, but you can do a yeah. whole world of good there as well. If you um, if you show them, show them some quick and dirty tricks, and if you, if you just like plug in a few things they didn't have. Well, there used to be a lot of tricks in the past, but nowadays the tricks are somewhat limited because drivers become so optimized. Um, 
it was really in the past you had all this low hanging fruit and you go, yeah, I just put this switch on and you, you know, you're 25% faster. But that's, that, that was, that was in the past. Nowadays, uh, Java has improved so much that you, you, you can't optimize as much necessarily anymore. Um, what I find interesting, um, is if you take something like the garbage collector, as you mentioned that early on, you can take, different garbage collector logs for different garbage collectors take g1 and zgc and whatever else parallel gc the throughput collector serial gc and you you look at the gc logs and you look at the the overhead percentage overhead of each of each gc and what you'll discover is that um you you, you might find for example that g1 has is more efficient has less overhead supposedly than the throughput collector but your response rate is worse for example so you always have to compare apples with apples. So like if you're tuning something, if you're tuning your system and you're using G1, you need to compare the G1 log to, to the G1 log after you've optimized it. You can't compare G1 to ZGC. At that rate, you can only compare response rates, not, not the GC logs. Um, and it's, again, one of those things where you get kind of lied to a little bit, but not exactly because it's just very different products. And you, you can't uh, compare overhead and percentage of time in GC between multi, between different GCs because all work very differently. Exactly. Apples to apples and, and, and sort of yeah. standing withdrawal and did not. Chris, uh, do you have anything to say about this? Because I think your interest in this started as like you, you saw complexity and you wanted to untangle and understand it for your own sake. And then suddenly what, what you were working on in your spare time turned into like massive value adds for a lot of people. Yes, yeah. I mean, my, my interest in, in performance came out of necessity because I was working on a trading system at the time, which 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 wasn't performing, and that led me to to really sort of ask, um, what is the JVM? Um, how does it execute my program? Um, and I had a thought um, this morning before the podcast. I mean, profiling is is really distilling the essence uh, to, to get the behaviour of a program. You're trying to extract the signal from the noise. Um, it's it's a lossy measurement that's going to help you get an idea of. Of, of where to look. So once you've built that profile, you've distilled the essence of the behavior of your program, then you can start thinking, well, what, what am I optimizing for? Am I optimizing for, 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 for latency? Am I optimizing for memory usage? Am I optimizing for um, throughput? Things like that. So it's that, that's, that's, that's sort of my where I start with 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 profiling now is um, I, I think okay let me get let me get the the overall lay of the land and I saw a, I saw a nice quote on, on on Twitter a couple of years ago they said um, they use JFR and Jitwatch as as a one two punch they use they use JFR to to gather that profile to understand um, what the big picture is. And once they've identified some interesting features in their in in, in their runtime behavior, um, that's when they can bring out their second line tools. As your first line tools, I mean, the last eight years I spent on the Java customer side and and financial technology, um, uh, trying to apply my skills there in software architectures general, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but frequently in that space, people are very horizontal. They have no, they have no fear of plugging in black boxes and say Kafka and whatever is in every huge uh, microservice-based app these days. Um, and and integration and and uh, like Java really works um, in in this way because um, um, the world is incredibly horizontal with products. Your products are solve most of your problems. You have you can concentrate on your business logic. 
Well, this is the revolution that we saw at the end of the 90s where we ran into um, massive performance issues, right? And, and it's pretty exciting that you can build software with so much complexity, but still keep track of it. So profiling is also, of course, um, mapping how these different boxes talk to each other, but it's slightly outside the scope of, of, of this today. But what you do notice, even like in the 2020s on the Java customer side, is that, well, it ends with, with the JVM. That's the last part here in this Docker file. And this is the last thing orchestrated here in Kubernetes. And here is uh, a list of flags that's long as my arm. And um, you probably have some something to say about that. But find that people need to, again, I don't think they need to understand everything about the JVM, uh, but but just like cargo culting stuff from Stack Overflow when you set up the critical fintech applications of today may not be the best idea. I think what's really important for people to understand, and and it's it's not obvious to every developer, is that um, the JVM contains a um, contains a system called ergonomics, which um, which tries to uh, look at the environment it'll execute in and and pick some sensible defaults. Because you've got to remember that Java is available now for literally everything, um, from a tiny little Raspberry Pi Zero, very limited device, right up to huge um, huge servers with hundreds of cores, and you can give it the same piece of bytecode. Um, and the JVM will, will will look at its execution environment, try and work out the capabilities of that environment, how many CPUs, what kind of RAM it's got, and try and make some decisions on what garbage collector do I think this program will benefit from, what uh, what what JIT defaults uh, shall, shall I use? So so yes, I mean the the uh, and, and because we're moving into a, a different world to the one that I started out in, where you'd run Java on a server you could touch, and and, and now that so many Java programs, possibly even the majority, are running in containers. In, in in the cloud, um, and um, actually, the, only last night I saw a, a very interesting um, email on the Hotspot Div uh, mailing list. The the Java Engineering Group at Microsoft um, they are discussing uh, introducing a new JEP uh, called Ergonomics Profiles, um, which is looking at a way to enhance ergonomics, possibly rather than the the, the current defaults, which are um, the, the the maximum heap is a, a one quarter of the uh, the physical memory available. Um, determined when the JVM started up uh, with, with these new in, in enhanced um, ergonomics. Um, perhaps if you're running in containers and the container was sized um, because that's what it thought the JVM needed, uh, then that could uh, make, make more be, be a little bit greedier perhaps, not make the assumption that you're running on a shared system, but actually make um, try and fit the JVM to its container more suitably, which is a problem that I've encountered in, uh, in, in the real world when we started containerizing some of our JVMs. It's how do you match the, the the container specifications to the ergonomic system of the of the JVM and um, and the JVM gives you about two thousand switches that you can you can possibly poke to to, to make things work the way you want but uh, but perhaps we perhaps we are getting to the stage where we, where we do need to improve the capabilities of the ergonomic system. I think that's actually a, a, a very good point because this is something that has taken significant effort for me to uh, um, to fix. When I'm taking over various uh, fairly large platforms with some kind of technical leadership role, and uh, I don't think people are aware um, at all how much these things can matter. Here, one thing that has been interesting is is like dynamic compute power that we have. Um, I don't need to wait in line for for a massive amount of large servers like in the 90s. That's our staging environment when I need to do performance runs. I can actually go out and say. 
Kubernetes or dynamic compute pool, whatever, give me three machines that are pretty damn huge that I'll keep for uh, 20 minutes. Yeah. I'm running my performance checking tests and then I'll, I'll dissolve them and put them back in the compute pool. So, so it's also really interesting these days, even where we don't have the tools, mechanisms and stuff for performance engineering, we still have the possibility to do that kind of thing to, to, to fit them in. And I think that, that that is an area where people generally haven't realized how how incredibly important tool is, especially for sizing, like you said, and other economic reasons. So um what, what what's interesting right now uh, like what do you see uh, it it could either be like adoption something helping adoption of traditional knowledge like really hasn't been very simple to fit into software or it could be something new some alpha technology that, that you feel will be incredibly important in the next few years uh, for for java and jvm apps uh, could you um yeah, could you mention a couple of things that you find is really exciting technology right now, or uh, traditional wisdom finally having the mechanisms to be properly applied? Like, what what is spreading? What is trending? And what should be trending? What should we try to raise awareness about that? Like, this is easy these days, guys. Try this. I think as the systems get more complex, you can't really ignore the distributed component of this anymore. Um, which I mean, means like, that... stop running Java 8 in the basement. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, really these days, it's 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 it kind of, you, you got to have the context of the distributed operations that you're trying to, to, to uh, do. And that means that context becomes more and more important for a profiler to be useful. Um, you can't really get as much mileage out of it if you just look at it from, from, from the unknowns, unknowns perspective, the global profiling point of view. So I think distributed tracing and the and 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 the context of the distributed operation is starting to become key, which means that I think JFR especially needs to evolve to deal with context and to pick up context. Um, we really need to be able to inject context. And we talked about this back in Stockholm <laughs> for JRocket in the WLS times, uh, we were discussing whether or not we should have thread coloring. I think it was a mistake not to do it back then. We should have done it, but you know, uh, we had other means to get around it. For example, uh, emitting contextual events everywhere. Now, the problem right now is that uh, you have Frameworks like RxJava, reactive programming, uh, where context is uh, being switched uh, way too often for us to meet contextual events and to to line things up uh, that way. Um, it's it's becoming too expensive. So picking up context, I think, is one of these things that 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 profiling APIs and frameworks we need to to deal with. Um, and and for JFR to be relevant for the future, um, that needs to be part of it. Also deciding. Uh, whether or not to emit the event based on if there is context is also going to be be necessary, I think, for, for all the events in JFR. What would thread coloring have been? Basically, I don't remember the width, but uh, having a means to put uh, put a number associated with with a thread that could be picked up by uh, JFR. Um, by by all our events, so that we could could have some way of of, of picking up that 
that context. Um, and now you're going to ask, why don't just use uh, thread local? And yeah, you know, <laughs> um, if that would be integrated. No, I would with... not have asked that, no. Okay, yeah, well, very good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, I, I would point out that that's something I see, especially in fintech, where people like, like want to use Java is that they have to try to trick the JVM to do like we have GC free periods that we can only garbage collect during warm up and that. I mean, that's a very deep and ingrained pattern. You have that object pool that, that just ages, which is really not uh, anything that Java is, is built for. And in general, is pretty damn hard in memory management to keep stuff alive anyway. Um, but then like recently, and, and this is probably an outlier to the ZGC project, um, the JVM as of maybe 17 has gotten so incredibly parallel. I mean, before when you stopped the world, uh, to do complex, easy operations, you had to do stack walking. Uh, you had a lot of things that couldn't see each other. You couldn't execute code at all in the beginning at the same time as you stopped the world. Uh, not now, I mean, there have been absolute breakthroughs and, and how much JVM can keep on executing in every part of the runtime, not just like the way the GC handles it when you start a safe point, which actually makes a lot of apps I've seen. Well, if you run these in Java 17, uh, you can garbage collect your heart out. You don't really have a latency problem anyway. You still have very deterministic pause times anyway. You don't need to like resort to this the, the, the this hacky object pooling or whatever it is to do to get performance these days. And that is not, I mean, an easy thing to apply because... Yeah, but rest assured, it's there in millions of systems that people have taken need to explicit memory management of the GBM. But my thesis is that I don't think they need to do that much anymore. Yeah, I mean, if you're just uh, worrying about uh, post times and latencies, then 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 we actually switched over one of our services that is uh, customer facing. It is dealing with rendering flame graphs and and um, uh, parts of the user facing uh, visualization data. We switched it over to ZGC. Um, we haven't seen a post time longer than a millisecond ever. <laughs> and and uh, um, I think throughput, uh, peak throughput went down by a couple of percent, but we don't care. So it's simply not economical to, to uh, like keep an aging set of object slots where you replace the contents any, anymore. It's actually worse in some situations, but it was the fastest you could do um, up, up until recently. So I don't think people have. Um, I, I realized how, how much the hotspot runtime has evolved when it comes to processing and bookkeeping data. Yeah, but it also makes it much, much harder to understand. Uh, so Heinz brought up a, an interesting point with the GC logs and, and you know different GCs not being comparable to each other, just comparing GC logs. It becomes really hard to understand where time is being spent when you have garbage collection algorithms where the user threads will start picking up the slack if the allocation rates are too high and the GC can't keep up. It's like, <laughs> that is also work being done by the GC, right? It's just that your user thread is currently helping out a bit. So it becomes, you kind of need to look at the profiling data for the full system if you want to know where the CPU goes to at that point. <laughs> so this is quite interesting because 
that a lot of things can be done. A lot of things aren't issues anymore. A lot of things can be measured without interfering too much with the world. So Heinz and, and, and Chris, how, how would you sell this knowledge in, in a digestible way um, to, to, to customers? How would you teach them to do an apples to apples comparison with, without like overwhelming them with, with strange terms and complexity? Because I think this is this this needs to be done in some way. You can't just say install this tool and and everything will be magically explained to you. I think we need to bridge the gap uh, between like having data of a quality we could never have before and and understanding what it means. I think it's always a question of what is fast enough and uh, what is competition doing. So if you're competing against someone else who's 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 got a bunch of engineers working at it to make it the most optimal, fastest possible system, yeah, then you're going to have to throw some money at it. But otherwise, you just uh, turn on ZGC, and if it's fast enough, you stop. That's basically it. And and these days, again, um, virtualization reigns supreme. It's really not absolutely dial up a little bit more compute power if that is the issue you're facing. Yeah, just uh, scale out a bit. Yeah, but if you dial up power because you keep running out of memory bandwidth and it has the resources to to power the entire world, if you if you like don't have that particular problem, so you're basically having the biggest servers in the universe, but just for the single reason that you have a memory bandwidth issue that goes away every time you add another fifty percent capacity. How would you like from your unique position as 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 an analyst educator, uh, like sort of address such a thing? Because I can tell you, there's compute power being wasted in the world today. Because oh yeah, absolutely. Well, that's that's the question. If you look at all the systems in the world, there are you know hundreds of thousands, millions of systems who don't. It really doesn't matter, yeah. and you ignore those. You focus on the ones like the online gaming and the the, the fintech type of companies uh, with the, the you know, companies trying to organizations trying to to process large data and stuff like that and with those you need to to start start doing some some profiling uh, but you always want to um, focus on the on the part which which is the problem right so you um, and uh, that it all comes down to observing what is actually um, your bottleneck. If it's, if it's memory bandwidth, you need to address that um, and profile that specifically. So the mistake that people do is they 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 turn on too many switches to to try and discover the problem with a profiler. It's very hard to discover a problem with a profiler. You can discover the cause of the problem with a profiler, but not the problem itself. So um, it's like you go to the doctor and he, he basically does a blood test for everything. <laughs> Meanwhile, you've got a broken finger, you know. <laughs> so it's like, you know, the blood test for a broken finger, just, you know, splint up the finger. But uh, that's what programmers do. It's like, ah, let's just turn this on. And Or if you really want to have fun, go and, go and ask chat GTP. GTP, GPT, what the, what the cause of your performance problem is, and you'll get a whole bunch of interesting results. Not necessarily worse than most programmers, but <laughs> still going in the wrong direction. But anyway, I'll, I'll let Chris answer because I think yeah, you have Chris, some more useful answers. For, I mean, I, I read I read a lot of the mailing lists um, for fun because that's just the kind of person I am. And, and there's, there's a definite trend in the JVM um, to, to to be more supportive of of cloud environments. And one of the things I'm thinking is that, um, I mean, previously, uh, profiling was a technique for changing the difference between the system not working or not, not, not being acceptable to being acceptable. 
going forwards um, in in highly containerized environments, maybe profiling is is now sold as a technique for reducing your cloud bill. If you're if if there is a mismatch between the containers you're creating and the uh, and the JVMs which are running in them, and you, and your your simple answer is to oh, we'll start more containers or we'll we'll spend more on our uh, on on our cloud bill, um, perhaps actually. Um, performance tuning is 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 going to become a, a cost saving function rather than purely a is it working at all is it working acceptably um, something like that. I mean we've got uh, we've got GraalVM now as a, as a, as a, uh, as, as, a, as an alternative to just in time compilation. Uh, we've got uh, Project Laden. Uh, the, the shape of the JVM does appear to be changing towards perhaps more. Um, well, less 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 dynamism, perhaps, um, and and more um, fitting into fitting into containers. I mean, I don't know if everyone else is getting that getting that feeling from the the changes that's coming out of Oracle. Definitely get that feeling, and f- from other vendors and providers and tool makers too. Uh, I mean, I know Azul have a, um, are thinking about like cloud aware VMs, and and not just things like uh, CNC sharing already compiled methods over the network. I mean, technically that's what Gradle does for, for build artifacts too. So, I mean, yes, we're definitely moving to a more cloud-aware world, but for some reason, I, I would have expected that the, the, the JVM had more of this uh, already. So, so that's actually a very interesting uh, point uh, you're making. From Jacqueline, the uh, the website uh, which analyzes uh, Java command lines, um, I keep a uh, there's, there's one of the pages uh, shows you the last uh, the, the last I think ten or twenty command lines people have checked, and quite often I see um, people with twenty to thirty switches in their in their command lines um, that, that 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 Jacqueline analyzes and says, well, actually these switches uh, no longer exist in the version of the JVM you checked against, or these switches are going to be um, obsoleted, expired soon. Um, yep. or, or the or, or this uh, the defaults for this switch uh, have have changed significantly across across different VM versions. So yeah, as as, as you mentioned, the cargo culting and copy paste uh, command lines, there's a knowledge gap um, which may be addressed by better ergonomic systems um, combined with the latest JVM uh, enhancements. But at the moment, yes, we do have um, we do a lot of people in the world. Uh, with with very long command lines, but one of the things in the in the Microsoft JEP, uh, there was a statistic that eighty four percent, sorry eighty three percent of the uh, of the analysed um, Azure Spring apps uh, did not use any JVM flags at all. Um, so they're not even they're not even trying to size the heap. We we should really uh, like out of the box, ergonomics have gotten better. And one thing, like one of the most common critical command line nightmares I see right now is that someone says like. 15 years ago, decided that we need to limit the amount of GC threads to two. And then you're looking at like the box you're running on. And then you just remove that flag. And um, the, 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 the results are quite amazing. <laughs> if you compare them just like out of the box. So I think that's like a lot of car culting like that is still wasting electricity in the world. We have a lot of customers running Java. Um, so I get to see kind of everything um, from customers trying to dedicate 0.8 cores to a Java application and being concerned about startup times <laughs> to, to you know, customers uh, having thousands of threads running on gigantic boxes. Um, one thing that is interesting to me is how many old versions of Java really old ones, uh, you know, thousands of CVEs ago uh, <laughs> that are still up and running. It would be amazing if you 
published a portfolio of your of your like pathological cases <laughs> over times when technology is really available and like I wouldn't even see this as a problem if you just switch to that or if you reconfigure stuff like because yeah I found it really educational when I can point out that like an instance of this problem I've seen this before I saw that last gig and we solved it like this and and I mean that that that's something I feel is missing to to, to quite an extent today. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to be in a position where you have access to not just Java level metrics, but you have systems metrics, um, so so that you can see um, other details about the runtime environment um, together with the profiling data that you get from the runtime. Um, I mean, startup time is not the the single. Uh, uh, like future uh, not proof thing that you should worry about these days. No, 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 no. I think will will probably uh, be enough or to, today. Like suspend that thing, rehydrate that thing. Uh, I'm sitting there and hacking build caches and compromising the dynamic nature optimizations of the runtime. We're figuring out how to store like online state where you can basically just mem copy a running machine and then just like uh, resurrect it later and it'll be none the wiser. Uh, that is an example when technology works for the Java platform. And people tend to be using, to, they want the adaptive uh, optimization capabilities of the normal Java runtime. They want peak performance. So we're seeing, we're not seeing that much use uh, yet of, of GraalVM. Some customers are playing around with it, but but it's um, not that much. And we are supporting, but... but um, yeah, uh, the solutions to this problem is definitely an area that that's not inactive right now. P people are interested in this data, and people tend to be using um, Java in in ways you wouldn't ever imagine. So uh, I remember us discussing uh, a long time ago um, whether or not the exception profiler, for example, um, should should have two modes: one capturing errors and one capturing uh, all exceptions so that you could at least safely turn on the errors, right? Uh, so that you at least could get those. And the Java language specification says that errors are typically unrecoverable things like you ran out of heap, right? You, you can't recover. Um, you have no idea what's going to happen next. You will probably need to allocate something or unsatisfied link error. You're, you know, you try to use some 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 native function. You couldn't get, get that. Uh, you can't link that up. So, so we decided that, yeah, that one should probably be on always. Uh, and that made sense at the time. But of course, somebody started to, 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 to use that as part of a parser. So for control flow, um, kept, and the error was called look ahead success. Um, and it was inheriting error <laughs> of all things. So we turned off on this early, early days of the early continuous profiler uh, Datadog. We turned this on. We started to get billions because it was part of um, Elastic, I think. Yep. And 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 we're starting to get billions of errors coming in. All of them called to look ahead success. So you can't really trust. Uh, the use of this either, um, right? The, you know, if people can do something, they will do it. So, so you have to throw out all the assumptions. We're never going to 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 get to the best practice what it was designed for. Um, but here, I'm going to going to throw this point out there, and it will be interesting to hear from all three of you if you agree. I would say that, given the advances in technology, these like twenty years of Java, uh, a lot of the stuff 
that really matters to, to your performance. The runtime, operating systems and environments you're on, they, they are orders of magnitude more forgiving um, towards 90% of the bad things or slightly bad things that you do, so they don't matter anymore. Is, is, the, is this a ludicrous thing to say, or, or am I correct? It'd be interesting to hear your opinion about that. People still do bad, make bad choices in terms of uh, data structures. They still make bad choices in terms of algorithm choices. Um, so, so I'm not talking about someone writing something, let's say, ordo and n square instead of ordo n. I'm talking about like all the 100 different things that that, that really like added up to, to crappy performance like yeah. years ago. I don't think oh, that- I, I totally agree. I agree. I mean, uh, the JVM today does a pretty good job. Um, I mean, we can still talk about like uh, if inlining heuristics could be better to 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 help more with with uh, um, scalarization, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But 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 uh, you know, it's it's doing a fair job. Uh, I would say at this point. Yeah, that's an interesting. But what do you think, Chris and Hines? Do you do you think that it's it's easier not to to like had to do a lot of uh, tweaking and scrubbing and cleaning of, of stuff these days where you run them on modern JVMs. I mean, are there things that obviously don't matter anymore that people did did spend time on because they mattered 10 years ago? I think the improvement in the GCs uh, from early Java virtual machines to the the, the current uh, the current ones has um, has has helped probably the most. Um, I mean, the, the JIT has got better. There's a couple of um, interesting projects out there to improve escape analysis. Uh, going on at the moment as well, but uh, I think the the improvements in GC and and the the new GC um, algorithms which have been added since early days of Java uh, have done a lot to, uh, to to eliminate some of the hackiness um, that, that was required to get the performance. Definitely, and and they they begot or they, they had to rely on um, the JVM itself being able to run stuff in parallel, update bookkeeping in parallel, and in general. You really don't have these big locks around stuff below the surface anymore when you need to update pointers or compute things, do do stack walks, thread local data, you can realize thread local stuff like the runtime internals have gotten very impressive as as like by necessity to to implement the new GCs. So I think that is uh to me, that looks like yeah, there's a quite bright future ahead. I think with all the new tools and new things we get, we do have to um, sort of make sure we use them correctly. Like, for example, virtual threads and Project Loom. Um, amazing technology, absolutely amazing. And what I like about it is, it, is how broadly it's, it's been implemented in the JDK from you know, rewriting the whole of the reflection API to updating all the networking and, re- and, and actually, I was almost amazed that everything still works, even though they re-implemented everything. Normally, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to break something, but yeah, I've not. That they did their dog fooding. Um, yeah, but, they absolutely uh, did, and it actually works. It's amazing. Yeah. So, and the, the thing is with um, what, I, what I've often often noticed, like a, I'll give a talk at a conference, and somebody will come after and say, "Yeah, but this is all like you don't need to do any." Um, optimizing because in future we'll have virtual threads and everything will be fast. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, <laughs> you still have to use them in the right way. You know, it's, it, it doesn't just you know, virtual threads aren't just faster threads. You know, <laughs> they've got a certain purpose. Except with a lot of customers who think they can push a button and whatever they've been like, whatever yeah. app 
work now. Which Absolutely. Way? It's going to be like 100 times faster, you know. Um, this, this, I think, is one of your more important professional missions that, 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 that you explain like mean like I try, I try, but it's it's like uh, my father would say, farting against the wind because <laughs> doesn't matter what you say. And, and you know, well, the funny thing is, whenever you mention synchronized and and uh, virtual threads, for example, people's heads explode and they say that doesn't work. I mean, of course it works. You know, <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of ancient wisdom. People think that instance, um, yeah, yeah. And it's the same with the flags. You know, you have um, thousands of, well, not thousands, but 800 flags um, just with the, with the JVM. And most of the time, if you don't, don't set anything, you're going to be better off than if you set something. It's always my, my first, first step is remove all the flags. And, you know, then, then we start. We start then, you know, see, see if the program actually fixes it. Um, but, other apps with the same copy-pasted flags and they have to go through their yeah, exactly. cycle. So exactly, sometimes yeah. it feels pretty overwhelming. Or, or Stack Overflow, you know. What should I use? You know, I always set it up like that. Um, yeah, that's a good point too. And but sometimes it can seem as stupid as somebody in their code calling system GC yeah. just to help along. And, and that, can, that can be the bottleneck of your, of your entire system. The system GC. Yeah, yeah, that's that's on the same track as as people relying on the order objects are returned, even though it's not specified, and then that changes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That you broke in our product, and exactly, and, oh, exactly, yeah, exactly. There's so much time being spent on that. Let me wrap. Try to wrap this up because it's been an interesting performance discussion, and we we sort of agree on where technology is going and what's happened these twenty years, and I mean it's really hard to get that fully utilized and 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 there's a lot of legacy apps that are never going to utilize it and so on uh, it's so much easier to get like dynamic compute power for free and like in the light of how much easier this kind of thing is to do and 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 like just grab another virtual server do you think our work is becoming less relevant than before because i mean let's face it if you want commercial deliverables you can usually tweak it pretty well without knowing too much about performance analysis you can put some makeup on a pig and 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 like for most purposes in dim light people will think it's what's a beautiful pig uh, it's, it's um, given the ease and abundance of compute power that the runtimes themselves are getting better without having to think about it and so on i mean will things work like we'll get a state where we're not needed like at the at the level we are because people will be able to do their commercial deliverables most of the time anyway or simply just brute force up a little bit more computing power and it works or what should we do to uh be be like to to, to like all these skills that we require how can we best apply them for for like the coming year well, i would say we really aren't needed for most of the systems because if you look at how many systems there are and the number of systems we have helped is microscopically small compared to how many systems they are. So for most cases, we are completely unnecessary. The VM does a good enough job. And it's always a good enough that, um, that you know. But there are companies who, who want to get the last ounce of performance out of their systems. They want to save on their bills, on their cloud bills. And for them, it's worthwhile to engage people like us. How do you think that's relevant these days to any extent? I mean, of course, it matters when the Linux kernel is patched and the AWS bill goes up 20%, as as with my little Spectre bug. Uh, 
things. No, not <laughs> that. Uh, but do they really care that we we're generating like fifty uh, x um, in revenue that then with like the AWS bill is why why would we be interested in doing like a find a local maximum there that we suddenly like it, it's it's a factor one hundred instead. What are people interested in? That? I don't think that's not the many, not many, element. not many. But some break software anymore. So no, what that's what I'm saying. Not many. I mean, some are, and some are willing to spend sixty-five million dollars a year on Datadog, for example. But I, not many. <laughs> not many. <laughs> I would bring a different perspective to this um, because uh, we're in a different macroeconomic climate right now, and people are caring about their cloud bills more than ever. So, so, so. Um, you an investment bank doesn't care about the cloud bill if it's like if the revenue is 500 times sure sure but for example at datadog we wouldn't have to sell the continuous profiler outside of datadog at all we're saving enough money to pay for the entire team and add some uh, at datadog because of the scale that we're operating at so you know um that's actually a very of course of course, we sell it, and <laughs> and it's making you know a, a lot of money for Datadog as well. But but um, we wouldn't need to do that. It's actually saving money, and not only that, um, since it tells the unblemished truth, um, it also tells uh, uh, about the performance of the tracing component, for example. So as soon as we get a new platform. Um, where the profiler is available, the tracer all of a sudden starts using <laughs> much less CPU and much less memory because it shows up in customer profiles and we need to do better. So, so uh, you know, where where performance is is important, um, uh, we are always going to be <laughs> necessary, or profiling will always be be be, be necessary. Yeah, that's um, a point. Yeah, but it's I mean. It's to look at these people who still pay for these kinds of products is relevant to them. I'm interested yeah. that demographic is shrinking or like when the tool gets better and faster and give you more info, is it growing mm. or, or is it just like the we really need to know what's going on cases? Yeah, it's 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 also used for and I think we, we were losing sight of this in this discussion every once in a while that um, it's actually used for diagnostic purposes as well. It's not only performance, right? Yeah. So customers are interested in knowing how the performance profile changed from from uh, you know the last version to this version, and they really want to know if they are going to get screwed on the next Amazon bill because somebody made a mistake, and they want to know that before the end of the month <laughs> when they need to pay pay the Amazon bill. They want to know that immediately. You're still relevant, obviously. So, so Chris, what what will you do to be um, maximally useful um, for the rest of your career? I'm lucky enough to 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 work in a in a domain in, in an industry where it, it's unlikely that performance is 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 going to go away as a as a as a as, as an issue. Um, I work with real servers and lease lines and high event rates, so I, I'm I'm confident there's 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 still uh, sort of validate my point because you you're still in the physical and not the virtual world, and I think that is still relevant. And you can't just have a virtual world without physical under it. So that's, that's a very good point. That was meant as sort of a closing discussion, but it seems to be that the consensus is that we, we, we have acquired a lot of skills watching 
Java Java performance uh, mutate and profoundly change, turning into like a server-side language from being something for applets in the beginning or something for remote controls in the beginning, I guess. We've all pioneered technology that's actually running in production today and has made the world a little better. And, and I mean, obviously, some of the things, uh, some of them are boring things, but not all of them aren't as relevant anymore. Uh, but, but there's certainly... A lot of evangelization. Uh, we can do software to build, perhaps closer to the system than the application. Um, like the the more and more time we spend in the space, and the more it transforms. But uh, yeah, it would be interesting to 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 have a longer discussion of this. Say, JCrete, of like uh, where where do we see the sweet spots where we 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 can be useful? And is it new exciting technology or are we more and more just applying classic knowledge that some have like slipped out of the product robot because it wasn't relevant? It's, um, it's an interesting uh, space to be in. And for anyone interested in the finer aspects of job performance, Chris's book is obviously a very good place to start. I was delighted that the first time I saw that someone actually had taken the massive effort required to put this on paper. Yeah, I'm still I'm still sad that I didn't uh, didn't uh, jump at the opportunity because Ben actually invited me to join the team to write the book. I was, I was so busy at the time. I said, ah, I'm not done enough time for that. And yeah. that's one of my biggest regrets of my entire life. As I said, I don't have time. It's a really oh, yeah, great yeah. book. So well done, Chris and Ben and uh, and James. Good job. Just wanted to add. Um, yes, I mean Ben invited me to join his book. It's it's really his uh, his baby. We should we should definitely give Ben credit for for uh, absolutely uh, visualizing this project and not feeling completely overwhelmed, like and starting to put stuff down a page. Because when you go into this domain and and, and you want to uh, to summarize like twenty years of expert knowledge in a digestible form, that is quite like it seems quite insurmountable when you when you begin something like that so so i think it's amazing i think we should try to uh, contribute more to stuff like that and the challenge also with the book on performance is that usually the books don't age well correct because of the way that the things change so you know to to actually spend the time and effort to write a book it's like well done very good good job well, I think it's pretty like there. There's truth about it. You have to keep it uh, and keep it relevant. Uh, but I mean, like half the world is probably still running Java eight. So yeah, yeah sadly, well, not half, but maybe maybe about I would say about twenty percent. I don't know. Uh, any insights on that, Marcus? I did have the, the numbers in 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 like various organizations and 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 markets, but I don't think it's relevant anymore. And I'm not sure uh, like how much NDAs I would violate if I'm probably none. But they all have to be safe uh, uh, right here. Uh, yeah. so I can't can't do a proper estimate. Uh, so no, no, no. I don't want to guess, but I know that it's it's quite. Uh, uh, I think this is one of the 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 more. Um, um, Problematic things about job performance is usually a huge effort to do a tech uplift if you haven't kept relevant. And and like with the new, <laughs> it's, it's actually pretty, well if you spend the effort to get to seventeen, then it's actually not that terrible to keep keep up to date. And some some orgs have the like uh, most of fear of security, which is of course the main concern. They they do want to stay up to date, and they do need to know their future safe and. Um, for instance, when I worked in NASDAQ, they, they invested a lot in knowing that 
they're not going to have any nasty surprises when when third-party apps like stop working on older versions so they wanted to 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 see that um, but again i think in a lot of places that doesn't matter that much for for whatever the business model is but uh, yeah um it's it's i, th- yep. I think so keep up to date that's a good lesson well uh this was uh, was quite interesting um i guess that uh, we we uh, geeked out a little bit a couple of times but i must say we we not as much not near as much as i thought we would so um frank will we'll do some creative editing um if this is too inaccessible and, and and thanks a lot for the opportunity to to participate in this and also to our speakers today chris marcus and heinz um we really appreciate that you uh you uh, also volunteer to uh talk a little bit about what, what it is you've what what it is you've learned for the last 25 years give me a food give me a jay give me the friends of open jdk